Hey, Adam. Yeah. Is there a lot of lights on here? There's a lot of lights on you. There's a lot of uh, like schoolhouse fluorescent lights Ooh, right yeah. on you, and there's nothing on me. Is there, a, is there a slight flickering of these fluorescent lights? You look like you're about to murder someone. <laughs> Ooh, that might be your light bulb moment. Ding. Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Advice, inspiration for life, and music coming at you. Why are you always laughing at me? I'm, that's our like, new catchphrase. You're like Trump on a cue card, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. That's great. Today's episode is... Today's this is epi- a global pandemic we're experiencing I know, right I know. Now, okay? There's a lot of slack. There's a lot of slack. <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by Open Studio. Go to openstudiojazz.com. Hey, check out our new course, Block Core Basics. Ever heard of it, Peter? Yes, I have. And I, I want to just talk about something real quick with Open Studio, where I was talking about the great courses. Block Chord Basics is certainly a, 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 a new gem for us. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the community aspect has been the thing that I've been most excited about. We've gotten to know members. Um, they are friends. They are part of the Open Studio family for from real. around the world. For real. Um, and, you know, what's happening with the daily guided practice sessions, both on the app. You know, we have an app. I don't know if you knew about that. I do know this. We yes, have an yes, app. Yes, yes. Uh, but you can also experience it live via Zoom if you're in the inner circle. You got to get in the inner circle. But that's not that hard to do, right? It's not. And we're going to be doing more with that inner circle coming that's up. Right. We're going to be expanding that's... all of our live stuff. We really, uh, I think, you know, this pandemic, as terrible as it's been, it's been some amazing moments that we've uh, witnessed at Open Studio, just getting to know our members and, right. and interacting with them. And we've really felt that communal spirit. So thanks, y'all. Yeah, for, thank you guys. For being in our community. And thank you to our listeners here. Uh, and today, we are going to talk about a really cool idea from one of our listeners, Scott. And this is something we talk about a lot around here. Um, this is light bulb moments. These are aha moments. Are they aha moments or aha moments? Like, aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. No, it's when you it's it's when something unlocks for you. We, yeah. We say that a lot too. This happens a lot, I think, with improvisers. It's yeah. like we learn all this information and then we do all this stuff on the piano, and sometimes we're doing stuff we have no idea what it is, and then sometimes things will click and yes. everything comes together in a way that it's like ah, that's what that is. This is what people are talking about. I understand this. That's. Yep. That's this thing. And so Scott asks, have you ever considered doing an episode on aha or light bulb moments that you have had during your musical development? It is sometimes hard to remember these moments because I think we take the information for granted once we have assimilated it. I agree with that. I remember, for example, when I realized that the second chord of A-Train and Girl from Ipanema, as well as the first chord of If I Were a Bell, are the same functionally, right? Yes, the the two dominant sharp 11. Yes. I love these connect the dots moments. And while I'm certain that we subjectively experience these phenomena differently, it would be fascinating to hear Peter and Adam recount a few of these instances. This is great. And let's go back to his original question. Have you ever considered doing an episode on, on aha or light bulb moments that you've had during your musical development? We can answer this quickly. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You'll hear it. <laughs> You'll hear it. We have. Okay. End of the episode. Thank you yeah. very much. Uh, that was an aha moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So this is fun. Uh, so we were talking about this and I kind of came up with one. Maybe I'll tell one first and you can sure. tell. I think, Scott, you hit on it in, you, you know, the ones that are maybe more or that are earlier in our development are kind of the ones we remember, at least that's for me. And they're the bigger ones. And then as you learn more, 
it gets more nuanced, you know, but you can still experience them if you're open to it. I mean, some people kind of get this attitude of like, I know everything that I'm going to know. Not even a cocky, like I know everything. I don't think there's really ever a great musician or jazz musician that ever really adopts that attitude because it's just so counterproductive. But we can kind of unknowingly or unwittingly uh, close ourselves off to the possibility of aha moments because we feel like there's no more big ones like like you know the the, the two chord at the beginning of a tune that maybe you experienced earlier. Um, so maybe I'll start with one that was very early for me. Yeah, yeah, and seems very obvious, but was a huge aha moment, which was when I learned the difference between a C major seven and a C7. I love this story. Yes, because um, the aforementioned or the aforementioned, depending on how you look at it, uh, it didn't make a difference. I was playing every, anything that I saw with a seven in it, I played it like this. I was like, that's a C7. Absolutely, I know that. And if I saw C major seven, I was like, oh, they're just giving me a little reminder. Make sure you keep that third major. So that was still, and so like, even if it was like, I was playing, yeah. I mean, it just didn't make a difference. Everything was dominant, you know. It's amazing. And um, that I kind used to of end worked. every tune on a dominant chord. My like first few years playing, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it kind of works, but then there is like I I do remember kind of hearing this other sound, and I was like, wow, I guess that's just not for me. Whatever that is, sounds like sunshine. I'm not into it. <laughs> yeah. So you know, having a, a somewhat of a blues foundation helped because there was a lot of dominant sound. But that when I when I kind of hit that. And I remember I actually played it. I was like, oh, cool. That's what that is. But I still, I, was, I remember being like, wow, I wonder how that's written. Oh, I guess you just have to sort of play that. I'd still, when I'd see C major seven, and then somebody was like, yeah, dummy, that's a C major seven. That's a C dumb. I was like, yeah, but it doesn't. So it was more of just like a. You're dumb. Yeah, you're <laughs> dumb. You're stupid. Um, that was a huge aha moment when, when I, but it wasn't so much the understanding of the theory that did come later, but when I could just play it different, I was like, wow, I'm yeah. adding in a new element. So it's very basic and foundation, but huge light bulb moment. I remember, I also, man, it's so funny. I'm just thinking about these. I'm, I'm thinking about very early moments. Like I remember, I learned from the Bastion piano books when I was oh, yeah, 10 years old, you know what yeah. I'm talking about? Which by the way, my youngest son is learning from them now and it's the same stuff they're great like i'm yeah I, a, i'll hear him play a song and i'm like i played that when i was and isn't each one a different color or something? yeah yeah, yeah. Like red and purple and whatever so actually quick aside a light bulb moment for me with the bastion i didn't actually learn i remember seeing him but i was was scared of him because i thought for some reason you know you see a, i thought it was the bastard piano the bastard, like, piano. The bastard yeah. piano version that's a hardcore one well no matter which one you learn from whether it's that or the the, the what is it piano safari is the yeah. other big one yep there's always like the bluesy, yeah. the bluesy thing, right? <laughs> right? The bluesy start, and it's this kind of chord, right? Just like C E G B flat, right? Yeah. And I remember sitting at my keyboard with my Bastion book, and this wasn't in the tune. Like I forget what the tune was, but I remember working this out. Like stuff like that. Like I'm not sounding yeah. like this exactly, but. Basically, I sounded like that in the crib. I worked out the blues scale as I was like playing this dominant yeah. chord, and I was like, "Well, that's that sound that I hear are like the Beatles play, right? <laughs> right? That's that was my you British know, invasion. That was my ten-year-old reference to like the blues. This was yeah. the Beatles, right? right? As close as I was gonna get. Uh, and then like that, so that was like a light bulb moment. That's that sound that those guys on the yeah. radio play." 
that's that that's what the sound of like real music is or whatever and then it wasn't until you know years later that i was like oh this is some this is like a known phenomenon right this is like a has has a scale behind it even though just to be clear to all of my our blues fans out there <laughs> uh oh we're not going to do the blues scale. <laughs> no. we're never going to talk about the blues never again talk we about learned the blues that. as a scale again for crying out loud <laughs> Uh, so if you're not was, standing in the Blues Museum or on in Chicago on the South Side, don't even open your mouth up about the blues. But I I remember being ten and figuring out that sort of sound on my own and being like, oh smoke, like snap, that's like a sound sound, right? You know, right? All right, I got another one. This is just randomly I thought of this one. Um, you know that? Yeah, 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 Billy Jean. So when I was like kind of getting into jazz and, and just I'd been playing the piano, but I was sort of doing some uh, I guess I was in either seventh or eighth grade, maybe eighth grade that that record, Billy Jean. Well, um, Thriller, Michael Jackson was huge that year on yeah. the radio. And like I remember we, we had a little band, Chris Thomas and Jeremy Davenport oh, yeah. and Dave Berg. We had a nice little combo, we called it. And like we didn't know anything. Like we like, nobody could help me with the C seven C because they didn't know. I mean, we were all like just we were just glad to be cutting class and playing some music. But Chris had an electric bass, and I, I was like I wanted to play that bass line. And I kind of knew it on the piano a little bit. Like I was like trying to do it, but I figured it out. Like he sort of showed me that he's like I think it's this. I was like I don't. Know. But like I just kind of kept playing with his bass one day, and I learned that bass line on electric bass, and I was so proud of myself. Yeah. I, I played violin, so I knew a little bit about you know how the thing worked. But that was like my first time like picking something that off of a record that wasn't on piano. Yeah. On, on an instrument and just being able to like learn it and that just you know was a light bulb moment like wow you can learn anything yeah and i thought i mean learn later that wasn't the most complicated baseline but it's a good one that's a great one yeah another one for me came much embarrassingly late and that's this is the double diminished yeah and i remember i don't like all of mine are things that are so common knowledge like if youtube was around in my late teens early yeah. 20s i would know like all this theory right but because like later I'm like, people call it the double diminish and it's like a known, again, a known thing. And I was like playing it for years and then like the, the diminished scale, right? I knew those notes. And then one day I just started putting the notes that weren't, like I used to just voice all my diminished chords like this. Yeah. And then one day I was like, oh, <laughs> oh that sounds <laughs> awesome. Seven. That's amazing. And then one day I was like this. And I was like, that is the most beautiful sound. <laughs> So esoteric, so mysterious. It's gorgeous. <laughs> that's the double diminished. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So I had a similar one with uh, um, C13 sharp 11 for some reason. Yeah. And I kind of heard it like like that G minor oh, major yeah, yeah. 7. Like over, like to me that opened up like like the bass level was, you know, like the yeah. C7. And then it was like, whoa, 9? Oh. Wait, wait, what? what? Sharp 11? Wait, no, no. Am I, don't even go there. Yeah, yeah. I went there. <laughs> Yeah, that really kind of was the first thing. I was like, wow, that sounds modern. I remember uh, listening to, there was a summer that I got into, like in the same time, listening to uh, The Real McCoy and Now He Sings, Now He Sobs, mm. and not knowing at all how they were doing that. Right. And then one of my friends was like, oh, it's like pentatonics. And I was like, what's that? You know? And then the kind Is that of a grunge me, band like, out of Seattle? Yeah, yeah exactly. Showed oh, yeah. me that sound, and I was like, oh. and then that's all I would play for like a year. <laughs> right. and then right. I'm sure I annoyed everybody I played with because we could be playing like you know, and I'd just be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? oh, that's good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. 
well, then we've always got the one, and I think, I don't know if we both experienced this at different times, or, but it was definitely an aha moment that I'm still amazed people don't know, and that's the blue scale. Stick with the one blue scale, usually. Yeah. So... To leave that aha still on is still on the one that's a classic aha moment yeah there. that's an aha and also just that the blues you can play the major or the minor i mean i'm no blues expert so don't i'm yeah, just saying don't write us again <laughs> <laughs> no you know what uh as you were playing that i was thinking another one was when I learned the term and the, the concept of rootless piano voicings. I was like, wait, you could play a chord and it doesn't have the the note, that's <laughs> the name of the chord. Is it even chord? a real chord? Like I could play this chord and that's a C7 chord. That's a C chord. There's no C in this chord. Right. How is that a C chord if there's no C in it? And then like, you know, my band director, whoever was like, yeah, the bass player will play the C. You just play that. I'm like, oh. You're like, what? Are you sure? That's dumb. <laughs> Came up with this stuff. Oh, that's great. All right. Well, I think that that was some good aha moments, man. I loved it, man. Yeah. Things great that make you go, aha. Things that make yeah. you go. Where's the dog pound at? <laughs> <laughs> um, Does nobody remember Arsenio? Remember Arsenio? Of course I remember Arsenio. And that was the best show. Well, and I always think, you know, it's one of my favorite movies, Coming to America, oh, which, man. you know, Arsenio had a short lived. They? they are remaking. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. How do you remake, how do you remake a classic without messing it up? Why are they dumb why are they and dumber? Up all these dumb stuff? and dumber. Yeah, but it's Eddie, and they got a lot of the original cast. So I don't know if that's good or bad. I think it's good. So we hope. Um, but uh, good stuff. Well, yeah. we are brought to you by Open Studio. Please go to OpenStudioJazz.com. Check out OpenStudioJazz.com/live. We have an ever updating, a weekly updating calendar there of our live events. Many of which, if not most, are free. And uh, we'd love to see you at some of our performances, our informances, our Q&As, um, daily guided practice sessions uh, available on YouTube as well. And so just check it out because it's a fun place to get involved if you haven't jumped into the open studio world. Or, yeah. Until next time, you'll hear it. <laughs> <laughs>